We're going to start today actually in Luke chapter 12. I read this passage last week and I was so stirred by it. I thought, man, I want to preach on this passage. So we're going we're gonna to start in Luke chapter 12. But I just want to remind you again, we're in a series called Change Your World. Without God, we cannot. But without us, he will not. And so there is a divine partnership between God and his people. The heavens belong to God. The earth belongs to man. That what God is going to do in the earth, he's going to do with us. He's going to do through us. And it's going to be for his glory and for our good. Amen. And so um, I, I, this is what we're talking about. And I'm really excited about next week as we talk about purpose. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot. There's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about over these weeks leading up into Easter. And Easter is going to be phenomenal, by the way. Uh, we have not done Good Friday in the last couple of years, obviously because of COVID the year 2020. And then in 2021, um, we didn't do it. But we are bringing Good Friday back, praise the Lord. And uh, I'm excited about that. But anyway, so leading up into Easter, we're, we're preparing for all of this. Um, But I I want you to look at this text here in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Speaking to the people, he went on, take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even if you have a lot. So here's what Jesus just said. Whether you're rich or poor, you can be greedy. Whether you're on 20K a year or 20 million a year or 20 billion a year, you can be greedy. And he's saying, be, be careful. So he told them this story that we can all learn from. We can all learn from this. Um, the farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather all my grains and goods and say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made. And now you can retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. But just then God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die. And your barn, uh, your barn full of goods, who gets it? Who gets it? Uh, John Maxwell, by the way, says this. He says, do your giving while you're living. <laughs> so you'll be knowing where it's going. <laughs> just a little side note. Um, You want a little plan there. So anyway, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. Jesus is not saying you can't have a savings account. You can't have a plan or a budget. But but he's saying this guy was all about him, all about him, all about him. Now he's going to tell us how to safeguard against greed in verse 32. Don't be afraid of missing out. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. In other words, saying, I love you. I care for you. I, I got a plan for you. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. So be generous. Give to the poor. Give yourselves a bank account that can't go bankrupt. A bank in heaven far from bank robbers, safe from embezzlers. A bank you can bank on. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Jesus said in verse 32, be generous. And you know what? I can't think of a better sermon title than that. So that's our sermon title today. Be generous. Be generous. Now listen, this sermon is not for you because you're already generous. But it's for the person on your left and right. So I want you to tell your neighbor. I want you to tell him, tell him, be generous. Be generous. Let him know. Be generous. Be generous. 
I know you got to figure it out, but for everyone around you, be generous. Father, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your grace and the kindness you've shown us. And I pray now uh, that you teach us from your word. I pray that it would establish something deep in our heart that could change our life forever. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Thank you. Be generous. So, so when, I, when I talk about this, I, I think there's really three groups of people in the room. And the, the first group is this. What, what's yours is mine. <laughs> um, I call this the toddler mentality. And that food looks good. Mine. That chair looks comfortable. Mine. <laughs> that phone looks fun. Mine. That TV, mine. This toy is broken, yours. <laughs> What's yours is mine. Always looking for a handout, always trying to be the victim and, and always blaming others. That's how a lot of people approach money. Again, not you, but everyone at the 10 o'clock service. That's how they approach <laughs> There's another group, though, honestly, in the room that's what's mine is mine. Man, I worked hard for this. I, this, this is my money. Um, and this is really an immature way of looking at money, living their whole life to protect their stuff. Usually living constantly in fear usually always worried about money, and, and you find yourself in this place, you never have enough of it. If, I, if you, you say things like, if I just had a little bit more money, I would be happy or secure or generous or whatever. But then there's a third group. Um, there are people like this in our church. By the grace of God, I've, I've gotten here over time by the renewing of my mind, and I believe a lot of people are going to get to this group today. What's mine is from God. And I must steward it well. This is the mature group of people. This is the group that, that realizes that my life can make an impact, that I can use my time, my talent, and my treasure for the glory of God and the good of the world. That, that's, that's where I want us to get to. And so let me just give you three things. I, I am talking about money, and let me just, if you're new, um, we do a series on finances every November, and maybe one time in the spring I throw in a financial conversation, just one time. So this isn't a series about money. I'm just going to talk about it today. I got 29 minutes. We'll be done in 29 minutes. And you're actually going to love the next 29. You're going to love it. So relax. You don't, you don't think so right now, but you're going to love it, Okay. Uh, first thing about finances, you got to get a plan. You got to get a plan. Most people don't have a vision, a plan, or a budget for their finances. They just don't. They they basically want what this guy wanted: bigger barns, more stuff, another thing, finding their value and worth in possessions. Uh, buying things that they can't afford to impress people that they don't even like. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. Y'all old enough to know that state? Y'all remember that one? Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with your neighbors that you don't even know. 
keeping up with people that you don't even love or really like, just, just constantly in the rat race of spending everything that comes in, um, living in a constant state of not enough no matter how much you get. Let me just say that this mentality that this man had, it will not satisfy you because no amount will ever be enough. So, so what should we do? We should set and create a budget and then set financial goals that you can hit within that budget. There's nothing wrong with goals. Nothing, this is, Luke 12 is not about anti-retirement or anti-savings account or anti-investment. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's just saying don't build your whole life for more, 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 all about you, 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 but get a game plan that brings God into the equation, okay? So you got to set a budget. I know you've never heard that word before, budget, but it's a real word, and it'll really help you. A budget tells your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. <laughs> Have you all ever been there at the end of the month? You're going, where did it? Have you all ever been there after like three days after you got paid? Come on, somebody, let's just be real. You open up your bank, you go, who spent this money? I know it was. You go to your credit card statement, you go, who did this? Who was on Amazon? This was not me. So you create a budget that safeguards you, and, and you don't move from the budget. Now, here's a base, basic little budget that will sound crazy to many of you, but it shouldn't, and many of you can hit. And here it is. Give 10 Save 10, live off 80. It's called the 10, 10, 80 principle. I didn't make it up. But I, I lived this way for years and years and years. 10, 10, 80. So you get paid $1,000 and you give $100 to the kingdom of God. That's first, that's best, that goes to God. Then you give yourself $100 that you save. You don't touch it. You just don't touch it. And then you budget to live off of 80%. And you go, I couldn't do that. Sure you could. Because if right now, if, if your salary got cut by 20%, you would make it happen. You would. You would survive. You wouldn't die. Come on, somebody. You wouldn't. You would, you would figure it out. So you can do that. You can do a 10-10-80. So I give 10% to the local church. I put 10 into savings. Why do I put 10 into savings? Because I'm taking that savings account, number one, to a $1,000 emergency fund. This is all Dave Ramsey. Shout out to Dave. You, you get to 1000 Then you get to six months emergency fund. Well, why do I got to keep saving after that with inflation and everything? No, here's why you save. You keep saving so you're ready to jump on a great investment opportunity when it arises. So Warren Buffett says, I, I always buy 60 cents on the dollar. I always buy the dip. So whenever things, whenever there's a crash, somebody makes billions of dollars. You know that, right? Oh, my God, everything just crashed. And some really rich dude with a lot of cash just went in and purchased. Or some really smart dude with five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand. You know, it, we're not just talking about Buffett. We're talking about you. We're talking about me. So, so I have a six-month emergency fund that I do not touch under any. It's just there for a rainy day. It's just there. 
It's just there. If I, if I die and never touch it, Goldie gets it, but it just, I never touch it. Six months of emergency fund. You go, whoa, how do I get to six months? You start with a thousand bucks. Then you turn it in two grand and then three grand and then whatever it takes to get to six months. After the six months, though, the rest of the money in savings, you're ready to invest or give or spend whatever as the Holy Spirit leads you or as a great opportunity arises. Does that make sense? Am I? Okay. So like, well, never mind. I'm not getting into financial advice. Here we go. Um, I was going to give you some examples that would get me sued. So... uh, (laughs) Now, now, for some of you, 10% is a cakewalk, and you need to, we need, you need to mature past that. For others of you, 10% saving, cakewalk. You need to mature past that. Um, and and you, need to, you need to grow past those areas. You could, you could tithe 10% and it not even touch you. And it's time to enter into offerings. It's time to enter into above. But, but start with 10, 10, 80, and then watch what God will do. In your life. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. (laughs) So if you have not been worthy, trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Jesus said, if I can't trust you financially, I cannot trust you spiritually. I didn't say it. See, but, but and, and here's, the, here's the lie that you believe. Well, if I had more, I would budget. Jabin, if I had more, I would create a plan. Jabin, if I, if I had more, I would give, brother. I'd give. If I ever, if I ever win the lotto, if I ever, if, if, if someone, you know, if I ever find out I have a rich uncle and I'm going to give you a good chunk of cheddar, brother. No, you wouldn't because you don't know. Man, if I could get some real money, I'd, I'd get some help and I'd really figure out my finance. No, you wouldn't. That's why people who win the lottery usually are broke a year later. Why? Because what you do with a little, you'll do with a lot. If I had more money, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. If you had more, you would do more of what you're doing right now. If you had more, you would simply do more of what you're currently doing. If you're in credit card debt now, you would be in credit card debt if I handed you a million-dollar check. Right. If you're driving a car you can't afford now, you'd be driving, you'd go buy a boat that you can't afford. <laughs> okay. And this is, by the way, this is the other side of giving because a lot of you give and you're like, I'm ready to be blessed. And God's like, I don't trust you. <laughs> so people think this, I could really be generous if I had more money. Nope. I could really do a lot more for God if I had more money. Let me just say, first of all, you don't know that. And second of all, God doesn't operate that way. God is the God of today. Today's the day of salvation. Serve him today. Trust him today. Love him today. You're, You're not living off of yesterday's obedience or tomorrow's intentions. But today's obedience. Very good. Not yesterday's obedience, not tomorrow's intentions, but today's obedience. This is where I, this is all, and this is all God's asking of you. 
to trust him today. Serve him. To, I, well, I will then. Well, I will then. Well, I will then. And then never, never comes. Okay. Get a plan. Get a plan and stick to the stinking plan. And watch God honor you. You know, when you grew up probably, you probably, with your parents, ate out once a week, probably. If you ate out, you ate out once a week, probably. It was probably like Sunday maybe or after church or maybe it was Friday night dinner or something. But you went out, we, we went out to eat once a week. And we ate at home all the other days in the week. Because it's called a plan. We didn't, I, I grew up without cable or internet. I don't know how I survived, but I did it. <laughs> All my friends started getting AOL uh, dial-up. You know, we didn't get it. We did not. We never had internet in my home. Literally, never had internet in my home. Didn't have cable TV. Didn't have satellite. Didn't. My parents were on budget. When when we went on vacation, we lived in Belen, New Mexico. We drove an hour north up to Albuquerque. And my parents would rent one room for five kids at an embassy suites. Come on, somebody. We did not know we were struggling. We had so much fun because they had a happy hour. So we would drink uh, Shirley Temple. Is that what that is? The lime, I mean, the Sprite and the, okay, everyone, I'm like, we would drink Old Fashions. And no, we Shirley Temple's, <laughs> Shirley Temple's and popcorn. And we would swim all night. And we thought we were millionaires. As kids, we didn't know the difference. Like, you don't have to take your kids to Hawaii. You don't have to take your kids. Does that make sense? Get a budget. Stick to the budget. All right, number two, connect to the kingdom. This is the second part of, of your financial plan. You got to connect to the kingdom. Here's, here's what Jesus says in verse 32. Be generous. Jesus' response to a wealthy man is not to be poor. He didn't look at this guy and go, you know what? If you were poor, you wouldn't be greedy. But to use your wealth as a tool to help others. <laughs> the, the, the whole trying to knock people down for making money, it, it just doesn't even make sense. And it, and it, it didn't make sense to Jesus. He doesn't tell this rich guy, you need to be poor so you'll stop being greedy. No, he said, you need, to, you need to be generous. Because money is either a tool in the hand of the generous or a God in the heart of the greedy. Right now, your money, like, like right now, your money right now is a tool either in your hand or a God in your heart. That's right. It just is. And it, and it doesn't matter if you're, if you're on a fixed income of $30,000 a year or you're making $100 million a year. Your approach to it determines if it's a tool or a God. <laughs> so Jesus says when we connect our finances to the kingdom, our heart will overflow Right into the kingdom. So, so he says it in the, in the old translations, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Yes, yes, right. Here in the message translation, 
the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. If my money is only in the world, I'm going to be worldly. <laughs> think, think about even like what you do with kind of your extra money. Well, you know, have a little play money. And, and people in our town, you know, they gamble with that money or they go to the club with that money. Or they go to the strip club with that money. Or they go, just think about it. And then we wonder why we're carnal. Because our money's in the, in the world system and our heart's following the world system. <laughs> but if I'll place money into the kingdom of God, that's where my heart's going to go. So again, so if I ask, who, who wants to love God more? Who wants to love the Lord? Who, who wants a, a greater love, love for Jesus? Every hand would go, oh, it's me, Pastor. I want to love the Lord, Pastor. <laughs> Give him more of your money. I didn't say us. I just, I'm just giving you a principle. If, if you never come back to City Light again, please still obey this sermon. Just go find a church and do this. Because your, your heart, your inner man, the, the core of who you are, will follow where your treasure is. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 1 verse uh, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing how uncertain wealth is. We're seeing what gas prices can do in a day. We're seeing what inflation can do in a year. We're, we're about to see what food costs are going to do. I'm just telling you, it's so uncertain. So put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Wait a minute. So God provides for me? And God will let me enjoy it? How do, I, how do I enjoy it? Keep reading verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. There is a way to enjoy money. You give it a mission. There is a way to enjoy it. Jesus, or the Apostle Paul said, there is, there is a finance that you can richly enjoy. So I don't, I don't love money, but I don't hate money. I don't love money, but I enjoy it. Why do I enjoy it? Because it's a tool. Right. Same way that some of you guys, you like your tools. Some of you, not me, but you know, some of you. Same way that I like my, my instruments that I play. It's a, it's a tool. It, it's something I can use. Very good. I use money. I don't let money use me. I control money. I don't let money control me. I enjoy money because I've given it a mission that goes beyond just pleasure. Very good. Very All right, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help. Wow. Paul writes, think about Corinthians, think about Ephesians, think about Galatians, think about all these churches in Jerusalem, think about all these other churches, and Paul says only one church was, was generous. 
So generosity was rare then, and generosity is rare now. That's why, think about this, the the average person in America who claims to be a Christian gives 2% of their income away to to nonprofits and charities in general, not necessarily to church, but 2% is what we give away. And that's still way above what unbelievers give. But see, it is generosity that dethrones the love of money from my heart and places Jesus as Lord of my life. We have so many defeated Christians because we're greedy Christians. And the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all kinds, plural, all kinds of evil. If you can get your money right, You'll get your sex life right. If you can get your money right, you'll get your anger right. If you'll get your money right, you'll get your lust right. If you'll get your money right, you'll get your bitterness right. If you'll get your money right, you'll get that race thing right. If you'll get... Because if I love money, it's, it's leading all kinds of evil. That's why I can, I can look at a guy boldly at a Starbucks who's just an absolute mess, who I love with all my heart, and who really does love the Lord. But he's just a mess, and he's into this, and he's into this, and he's into this. And I'll go, do you give? <laughs> no. Well, so you, so you have all kinds of evil. Like it's going to be a quiet day. Like I feel like by the 11.15, people are going to be like, I didn't come out in the wind for this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. (laughs) So many Christians end up settling for trusting in money instead of God. I'm I'm talking about change your world. I hope you know that. I I know where I'm at right now. We're talking about change your world. but, But we can't change the world if money is our master. We can't change the world if greed is Lord. We can't change our world if we're still afraid of lacking. Money is such a terrible God. It overpromises and underdelivers every time. When money is God, you'll never have enough. But when Jesus is Lord, Money becomes an awesome tool to bless your world. Wow. Wow. Okay. You know that most Christians are good with the first two, right? Actually, no, because it's kind of like, yeah, beat me up, Pastor. Yeah, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, we actually like that kind of in America. We're weird. Here's the one we don't like. We don't like number three. If you'll do the first two, you can expect God's provision. Oh, see, it got all... You need to be generous. You need to connect to the kingdom. You need to, you need to have treasure in heaven. Amen, Pastor. Amen, Pastor. You can expect God to bless you. We all get nervous about this one. People won't, will not leave City Light because of point one and two. They'll leave because of this. But I can't deny this. 
I, I just saw a post by like a, a kind of like a famous, they're like, there's like now TikTok preachers and Instagram preachers. It's really weird to me, but like, they're like, and he said, he said, the Bible never, ever, ever promises material wealth as a blessing from God, ever. And I went, I don't even know what you're reading. I didn't say you'd drive a Mercedes. I didn't say you'd live in a 10,000 square foot house. I didn't say, I didn't say that. But that guy is lying. <laughs> so let's just look at the text really quick. So what, what is the purpose of God's blessing? By the way, let's just start here. What's the purpose of God's blessing? Why would God bless your life financially? Why would God help you financially? Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. The first three things are God's job. But the fourth one is my responsibility. God makes you a great nation. God, God blesses you. God makes your name great. In other words, he takes shame from your last name. He establishes a new family tree. Come on, somebody. He, is, he, he erases the curse. What do you do with that good news called the gospel? You become a blessing. So here's a little phrase. Never forget it. Write it down. Screenshot it. Whatever you got to do. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm not just blessed for bigger barns. I'm not just blessed for more stuff. I don't, I, I'm not just blessed for another whatever. I'm blessed to be a blessing. All right, well, now let's look at that really, really practically. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing in my family. How about, how about you get to a point financially where you choose your child's education? Let's believe God for that. Do you, do you want them to go to public school? Cool, then send them. Do you want them to go to private school? Send them. Do you want them to be homeschooled? Send them. What if you had the finances to make that decision? Housing, where you choose where you want to live. Health care, you choose your own doctor. What if you, what if, I, I don't, I don't know why this is controversial. That you can go to a doctor and go, well, not for me. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to choose this doctor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay this. I'm going to. See, it gets all super quiet because it's like, uh, but what if we, what if we had, see what, what, what wealth can do, what, what money can do is it can create some options for you so that you're not always at the mercy of someone else's option for you. Does that make sense? That's all I'm saying. If you want to send your kid to a public school, I want you to do that. If you have a conviction about that, I want you to do that. But if you don't want to do that, I want you to have the option. Future. Retirement. Inheritance. Giving something away to the next generation. And the kingdom of God. Ties, offerings, special missions projects that, that move your heart. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. That is financial. That is financial. Be enriched in every so you can always be generous. Yeah. What does it mean to that always be generous? Here's what it means: it means when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, right. you have yeah. the resource to give. Yeah. 
It doesn't mean you give to everything. I don't give to everything. I give to what God is speaking to me about. Does that make sense? So I don't just get behind it. I don't just throw out money for every other thing. I don't, I'm, not, I don't, I'm wise. I don't want to be taken advantage of. But when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, I can be generous because I feel a God connection to it. And that happens because I have the resource to do it. Okay, so Philippians 4.15, Paul said, only you guys helped me, right? Only you guys helped me. Only you guys helped help this preacher. Well, now he, he gives them a promise in verse 19. So he doesn't say in verse 15, only you guys helped me. Thanks a lot. Um, and then that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> there is a verse 19. And verse 19 is a response to verse 15. Because you helped me, because you helped preach the gospel, because you got behind the kingdom of God, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I said need. I didn't say lust. I said need. I didn't say greed. But, but God will supply. God says when you connect to what I'm doing, I will provide. Can I get an amen? I, know, I don't know why we're nervous. So I'm blessed to be a blessing, Proverbs 22, 9. Uh, he who is generous will be blessed. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to talk your way. That's blessed spiritually, brother. It's not. It's just not. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to believe that, I want you to believe that. I'm just telling you it's not what, it's not what Solomon meant when he wrote it. He didn't say, you know, this is what it means in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, it'll be spiritual because they'll figure it because they're smart. No, he, he meant what he meant, and the Holy Spirit gave him those words. Proverbs eleven twenty four: the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who bless others are helped. Larger and larger. That doesn't mean bigger and bigger houses, bigger and bigger TVs, bigger and bigger boats, bigger and bigger barns. It means impact. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It means ability. It means, it means legacy. Yeah. It means yeah. options. It means a bigger spirit. It means I'm not living in the spirit of fear. Yeah. Very Man. You must each decide, 2 Corinthians 9, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. There's a theme here. And plenty left over to share with others. All I need, plenty left over. That's not the prosperity gospel. That's not whatever you're afraid of. That's not, that's just the Bible. I have all that I need and plenty left over. And this is not a scripture that Paul gave to people who pray or people who fast or to people who love their spouse. This, this scripture, read it. Go, go read it at home tonight. Is He is receiving an offering and he says, when you give, here is the promise of heaven. Everything you need, plenty left over. Okay, does that make sense? So it's not like, this is, a, this is just very practical. 
And, and I want to say that I think we should expect God's provision. I believe in this season we should expect God's provision. I think in the world that we're in right now, we're going to need God's provision. And so I'm, I'm living on a budget right now. We're living, we're living a little tight and a little right right now. We're giving generously. We're going to invest wisely if opportunities arise. But we're going to expect God to be our source. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not telling you go empty out your bank account, just give it to the kingdom and watch God do a miracle. That's not what I'm talking. We don't, we don't preach that kind of stuff here. But we, but we are faithful to God's house and God's kingdom, and we do believe that God provides. Be generous. Learn, learn to be generous. Again, I want to say this, and I always give people the, the, the I always want to give you an exit plan, okay? If you, if you come here and you hear this message, I just promise you this is not something I'm preaching to raise money. It's not something I'm preaching to because we need it. I'm, not, I'm saying this because this is, this is the stuff that changed my life. It changed my financial life. I am where I am today because of these kinds of principles. And I know the good it will do in your heart. And if you felt like, well, Jabin's just after my money, then here's what I would challenge you to do. Take these principles and live them at a different church where you, where you trust the pastor. Maybe, maybe you don't. I, you know what I'm saying? I just want to give you that out. But I... I know because the little voice in my head goes, don't say this or people might leave. But in reality, this is the stuff that will really set you free. It really will. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Amen. Play me out of here, Zach. I got to end. I just looked at the clock. Okay. So what are you going to do now? Take an offering or something? You know what? No, I'm not. Um, I, I want to challenge you to create a, a budget this week. You'll be shocked how much money is actually flowing through your hands if you'll like just look at it. And, I'm giving Starbucks how much? <laughs> I'm giving McDonald's how much? I'm giving Nike how much? I'm giving Cox Cable how much? I'm the trip. I'm telling you. So, so the, the answer to your financial worries is not, is not always just more. But it's, it's being smart with what you got. I challenge you to be generous, and I want to challenge you to expect, expect God's provision. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the truth of Scripture that can set us free. And I pray, Lord, that um, today's word would fall on good ground. I pray that it would produce in us 30, 60, 100-fold. I pray, um, Lord, in these very uncertain times, you are so certain. You are the rock of ages. And we we just refuse to build our life on the sand of culture and on the sand of this world system. We build our life on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Amen.